Welcome back, everybody, to the Cinema Condition with your host, filmmaker, and creator of the Nerdcore Podcast Network, Raul Alejandro Mendoza. And as always, we are back for another week with another guest as we look at a new film from the selection made from our guests. And this week, we are being met with our wonderful Julia, who hasn't been here since season one, and she is making her triumphant return for season two. Hey, Julia, how are you doing? They're fine. How about you? I'm doing fantastic because I get to see you and I get to talk oh, with you. Love you. <laughs> love you too. Um, Julia, as of course, of course, is a, a cinephile from last season. We talked about, wait, what did we talk about? Oh, Blade Runner. Blade Runner. Blade, Blade Runner, of course. You know, it's 10 p.m. when we're recording this. And of course, my mind is not always here. <laughs> So, you know, I may have to just go back and look at what I have you under. We we did Blade Runner. <laughs> we didn't do a second one, did we? Yeah. No. We didn't. We didn't. Yeah. So um Yeah, it's been a it's been a while since you've been well, it's been a while since you've been on any of these shows because like we haven't been on the live show in a while. Um yeah. but you know, as always, we keep in touch with each other. How you been, Julia? I'm doing fine. It's super cold in here. It's like yeah, winter is coming with all his, it's strange. <laughs> yeah. It's really cold over there and it's really hot over here. Like, really? You don't see it, but like, I was, I'm like, look, all st- my, my skin feels sticky because I was sweating so much. And like, once I'm done here, I am going to take a really, really nice shower. Because I want to take a nice shower to get hot. <laughs> I need yeah. a hot shower. Yeah, I need one too. It's just, it feels, I, my, my skin feels so sticky. Oh, but, um, maybe. Julia, um, you want to introduce yourself to the people who don't know you this time around? Because this is season two. Okay, so I'm Julia. I'm from Brazil. I'm 22 years old and I'm a, a biology student. Yeah. She also streams. And, uh, yeah, I also stream and I'm super nerdy sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Julia's a great friend of mine and we've been able to, what's called, uh, share in our love of movies and uh she is back for her appearance in season two of The Cinema Condition. It's not going to be the only time because she has another movie that she'll be coming back for that she's not going to spoil because we will we'll just we'll get to it when we get to it. And uh, yeah, this was actually supposed to be like an episode like a long time ago, but things life got really busy for me. Uh, like for us, you know, <laughs> for us, yeah. I mean, school was ramping up and I was like, oh, my God. I can, I'm like, I have to juggle school. I have to juggle podcasts. Julia specifically can only record at night. So I have yeah. to like set aside time when I'm not recording podcasts. And, you know, usually I'm really booked at night, but <laughs> Brad decided to go get drunk this week. And, uh, I'm, I have two free, uh, weekends, two free week, uh, days in the weekend. So, uh, you know, I'm just gonna, I decided to go ahead and get Julia on and, um, we're making it happen today. Yeah, finally. <laughs> yeah. Um, Julia chose Marion Max from director Adam Elliott to discuss today. And um, I have never seen anything from Adam Elliott. I had never seen Marion Max. So it's going to be a really interesting conversation when we get to talk about the film and what it's trying to say today. Um, I guess there's not much else to ask. I mean, just like it's late. I don't really know what I'm doing <laughs> right now. But like I just... I guess, I mean, it's also like, I know what you've been up to and I know how difficult, what's it called, school has been too. Yeah. But um, I also know how difficult your country is making living right now. And, uh, yeah, it's hard to be Brazilian nowadays. Yeah. Um, good old friend, uh, Rus. It's like, Rus. it's like a superpower being Brazilian right now. Like if you're yeah. alive and you're Brazilian, yeah. You, yeah, you have superpowers. Major protest. Uh, <laughs> your your president is refusing to read emails from Pfizer. Um, there's literally a possible military dictatorship happening at the moment in Brazil. Like, you know, you can you can yeah. have anything in Brazil, right? You can have anything you want in Brazil, except for freedom and like you know, yeah. like vaccine. <laughs> except for happiness. Yeah, yeah. Right now, happiness is like super rare in here. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. dystopic world, Brazil. Yeah, the chemical imbalance is not the the reason you're depressed. It's because you're Brazilian. <laughs> yeah, um, it's just because yeah. I'm Brazilian. Yeah, yeah. Don't worry. Um, we what's it called? Hopefully soon, uh, the nightmare ends for you, 
and you kick, and, so. and that guy gets out of office or just uh you know the power of impeachment happens but sadly what's it called uh when you're in a military dictatorship that doesn't really exist yeah you know the dicta- the military stuff sometimes we Brazilian things like it could be better but i know it's a bad thing but the shit's going on in here i don't know man it's complicated being brazilian is hard being brazilian is hard well don't worry julia because for a couple of uh, for an hour and in like 15 (laughs) minutes you'll be able to not be brazilian and just be julia and be on this podcast so um, thank you for the opportunity of course you know i always love having you on you're great and uh, you know i love being here (laughs) yeah of course it's it's you know if you're not gonna burn bread you have to be on this show and talk about movies so yeah, you know, it's just it's just the way it works around here. It's because we love having you around. Yeah, he's like it's like super late. Of course, he's sleeping. Oh yeah, he's he's sleeping or he's like drunk as shit in bed and like yeah. <laughs> hoping to go to sleep soon. But, I had um, to burn him. It's not going yeah. to be me if I did not burn bread. Yeah. So um, excuse me. Uh, that's do not want to burp into the microphone. Um, <laughs> We have, of course, never talked about the uh, the filmmaker known as Adam Elliott. So I'm going to go ahead and introduce you all to Adam and his work. And um, from there, we're going to move on. You already know how this works, guys. You know, yours is season two. We're into episode like 44 or 43 with this one. I don't know. I don't remember numbers all that well. Oh, 43. <laughs> it says up here. Um, so let's go ahead and get into this. Uh Adam Elliott, born January 2nd, 1972, is an Australian stop-motion animation writer, director, and producer. Elliott is a self-proclaimed auteur with a bittersweet feeling to his filmography. He attended Pinewood Primary State School, where he was successful in art, English literature, photography, drawing, and sculpture. He wanted to be a veterinarian at first, but did not have the essential grades for it. He would then, um, you know, proceed and pursued acting, and he graduated from his school with the highest honors in acting. He was born with a physiological disability, which he represents through his uneven lines and, you know, sort of like filming style within his films. Uh, he attended the Victoria College of Arts in uh, to study film and television, specializing in the animation medium. He he's made a number of films. In his career, including his directorial debut, Uncle, and his award-winning film, Harvey Crumpet. And, of course, the film that we are discussing today, Mary and Max. Um, He has been nominated for multiple awards, including having won the Academy Award for Best Animated Short Film for Harvey Crumpet. So... You know, Adam was a pretty, like, interesting guy that I got to, like, you know, kind of know through, like, reading his Wikipedia page. I was looking at his films. I was like, oh, this is really interesting. Like, it was really interesting to find out that he's also disabled, which was like, oh, this is really interesting. and kind of brings a whole new kind of level to the way that I saw Mary and Max when I watched it. So I was like, oh, this is this feels like it felt like really, really, really realistic. And like it felt like a personal type of uh, experience. So it was really nice to see that, you know, a disabled person made this movie. But, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, our film is, of course, Marion Max from the year 2009. Let me go ahead and talk to you about Marion Max. There's not that much information on Marion Max. Uh, it says it's the first animated feature film from Adam Elliott. It's based on a true story of Elliott's pen pal in New York that he's been mm-hmm. writing to for 23 years. Yeah. Filming took 57 weeks and used 133 separate sets, 212 puppets, and 475 uh, inanimate props. And he made a working typewriter that we see in the film. That was a working typewriter. It was not, you know, CGI or anything. It wasn't like a, it wasn't something that didn't work. It was a working typewriter. Yeah. That's fucking crazy. <laughs> yeah, I love this movie. <laughs> yeah. So, Julia, um, before we get into it, just like, you know, why um, 
why did you choose Mary and Max? Um, you know, this movie, uh, since the first time I saw it, it was like, it seems so silly. Like you, when you, the story seems silly, you think, oh, it's a child movie. So I'm going to watch it. And when you watch it, you get hit really hard by the movie. And you realize it's not a child story. It's like a super deep story. And it really amazes me. I watched this movie like I've lost count how many times I watch it. So, you know, I just love how they interact with each other. And, you know, it's just, it's, it looks silly at first, but when you give it a chance, it's like super deep and meaningful. So I really love this movie. Yeah. Um, you know, this is my first time watching the film. I had never heard of this movie. Never, but, you know, I never heard of this movie you know, until you brought it up. And uh, I know you had been talking to me about this movie before. Like, you know, you're constantly <laughs> like, Mary Max, Mary Max, Mary Max. I'm like, well, yeah, I don't know what that is. It's like, I know a lot of other movies. I know a lot of animated films. But like, I don't know what Mary Max is. You know, and then I just, you know, you, you recommended me to watch it. But I was like, oh, I, I don't really have the time to watch. You know, like, it's like if it's not for podcasts, like, I have a really hard time, like, getting on movies, which is a lie now because I'm watching a bunch of movies with my friend Rachel. And they are basically helping me go through, like, a lot of the movies I haven't watched. <laughs> so, like, um, I'm, I'm getting to a lot more movies now that are not for podcast purposes. But um, that's good. That's good. That's good, right? Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm trying my best and like make sure I watch movies for my enjoyment too because yeah, I deserve really to watch. Movies. Yeah. yeah. So you know what's it called? Of course, you flash flashback to season one. We finished our discussion with Blade Runner. And she's like, oh, and you know, Julia's like, hey, I want to watch. Let's go. I want to do Mary Max, and we're like, okay, cool. So <laughs> you know, I watched it this week, and you know, like I always say, I don't really care to give reviews here because that's not kind of what this is about. And this show's not really about telling you whether you like whether I like this movie or not. But um, I'll have you know that this movie was amazing. It was incredible. Um, if you looked at my letterbox, I gave it a five out of five stars. Oh, five um, stars out of five. I'm honored. I'm really happy you enjoyed it. This movie like means a lot to me. <laughs> this movie, this movie's hand like went into my heart caressed it, gripped it real hard, and then alleviated the pressure that it was giving me. It like it 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 comforted me when I felt every emotion that that movie was making me feel. And it was such a such a special movie to watch that just to me was just an experience that I had not had with a film as of late. And this movie like left me in tears by the time I was done watching it. And uh yeah. I was just, I'm really happy that you bought, that you told me to watch this film. And uh, I had tried multiple times, like, Willia, you have no idea. Like, when we were supposed to, like, originally do this episode, I rented it. I watched first 10 minutes, and then you, Willia, and then we're like, oh, no, we have to reschedule. And I was like, I lost the rental. What's it called? I, tr I tried to, you know, find another way to watch the film and I couldn't find it. I rented it last week and then we had to push it back. And I'm, um, what's it called? This week and we had to push it back to today. I'm sorry, this week, yeah, early in the week and we had to push it to today. So I lost mm -hmm. that rental and then I found another way to watch the film. So I watched the film. So, like, I had been putting this movie off for a while now. <laughs> yeah. Um, I lost yeah. like about 10 bucks on these rentals by now. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> No, it's fine. It's not like you're gonna pay me back for it. You know, it's all right. We lose. I can pay with love, <laughs> and I will accept your love for sure. Um, but yeah, that just this movie just was kind of so like needed for me. Just, and we're gonna talk more about it. But just, I want to say that you chose a beautiful film, a yeah, really beautiful. Film. I know that. <laughs> Um, and I don't know if like you kind of thought about me when you chose this film, like saying like, I think Raul is just going to really connect to this, but like, thank you so much for choosing this movie. I chose this movie because I knew you were going to love it. Okay. I really knew it. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like, I know you, I know you, there wasn't an option that you wouldn't like it. <laughs> yeah. 
if, if I if I came in here and I said I didn't like it, you probably would have been like, wow, I just completely yeah. failed. I don't know you anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Who is this American that I Who don't know? What you did to Raul? What did you do to Raul? Yeah. Oh, man. I also love, what's it called? Uh, you know, you're not my only Brazilian friend anymore. I do have more Brazilian friends. I've noticed a lot of them call me Raul. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's because of course y'all don't say the R's like you guys say. Yeah. How how and I was like, guys, that's not that's not my name. It's it's <laughs> but, um, yeah. Well, let's go ahead and get into this, uh, Julia. This is our conversation on Adam Elliott's Mary and Max. So this film, as beautifully concise as it is, and very profound and beautiful. It has so many things that like it's kind of trying to say and it's kind of trying to talk about, but it is very difficult to not kind of bring some of those main ones to the to the like the, the forefront of it all. And like, of course, I have my topics here that I can go through, but I think that we have to literally start with the idea that this like the the basic you know the very basic idea what this film is about and it's you know about friendship and it's about you know friendship but specifically uh friends that you don't know uh you know you don't know physically how they look you don't know who they, who they actually like you know them because of like letters and you know you know them because they're your pen pals and it's 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 really interesting because you know what's it called? I think that's something that a lot of us are able to kind of relate to at the moment because for like the past years, past years since the pandemic hit, we've been kind of used to viewing our friends like this. And we've been able to curate new friendships through, you know, Zoom meetings and being on social media. Of course, for some of us, that's been the way we've been making friends for like the past couple of years because I've never flown to Brazil and met Julia <laughs> in real life. I'm pretty sure Julia does not want me to go to Brazil. She says, yeah, no, for, your safety. <laughs> for my safety, don't go to Brazil. I will come to the United States and yeah. maybe just stay there instead. <laughs> maybe but, you can uh, meet up in Mexico, maybe. <laughs> maybe, maybe, yeah. Um, it is right next to me. Um, Literally. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, that's kind of what life has been for the past couple of years for a lot of us. So that really stood out to me. And of course, you know, on paper, you're looking at this like, oh, it's a 44-year-old man talking to a six-year-old girl through letters. And it's like the girl is obviously asking about like very like, you know, adult kind of like things. You know, she's growing up and she wonders like what how like she can kiss a boy, or, you know, like if the man's ever done like sexy, which, you know, is what's it called um you know fucking code for sex you know she's ever had, he's ever had sex and you know the man isn't you know a isn't a quote-unquote you know normal to some people you know he he is he he deals with asperger's syndrome and he's very depressed and he's you know he's he what's it called he he has his own battles he goes through so like we have these two very innocent and beautiful characters that are kind of building a friendship through being who they are to each other. You know, you, no, nowhere throughout this film does Max ever feel like he has to like sugarcoat who he is and like really kind of keep that, you know, veiled up. You know, he he's completely showcases who he is to her. And um, I want to know specifically what you thought about that whole aspect of like the friendship that they were having and, you know, how like, they were very, you know, they, they, they kind of blossom into a beautiful friendship just from being like honest with each other. Yeah. You know, um, Mary, she, she's not a six year old child. She been through a lot. She has a tough family. She has a tough life and she is a little bit mentally older than she was supposed to be specifically for her mother being an alcoholic and she doesn't have a life a normal child a regular child need to have and and max he he's not a normal person too he he has his asperger that he 
finds out later he he's not a he said he's like he doesn't understand people and they're two innocent people meeting each other and you know like the way they meet up and like so honest it's like so pure and there's no um i don't think militia it's a word in english malice malice, malice. yeah malice yeah. Militia um, is is deaf. Militia yeah, is yes. like an <laughs> army. Yeah, no, it's good not to have militia in the movie. <laughs> But there's Very no malice <laughs> Yes, and uh, you know it's so pure and it's so beautiful the way they start talking with each other, and they don't push up things. They are like being the, themselves with each other. Yeah, and. It's just it goes to show you that like the person who's like willing to listen and listen and be your friend will yeah. be there more for you than those around you. And like yeah. like specifically I'm watching this and I'm just thinking about like for example you and me, you know. Yeah, flashback I always think about to like watching this movie. Yeah. I flash flashback to 2016. We're in a Facebook group that literally yeah. just talks about music and you know we add each other on Facebook and we talk from there and like You know, there's this instant like, you know, wanting to become closer friends and wanting to become yeah. friends, and it doesn't matter the thousands of miles you know apart. You know, there's still a um, a want to establish uh, a connection between us and wanting and to be help friends. each other. Yeah, and help I, each other. I always and, think about us when I watch this movie. <laughs> yeah, so that's beautiful to think about. Um, And you, you know, you, you think about just like all the other people in your life that you know you you don't you've never met, and like chances are that you probably won't be meeting in like a while. Like you know, yeah. There's always the sense of like money, time, and you know, like the state of the world that we're in, and like you you know. But but even though there is like those difficulties, there's this sense of like such beautiful and organic friendship that like I, I i talk about this with another really good friend of mine who i've known since like 2011 2012 who we've met through online and we've never met and i told her like do you think like meeting in person when we do meet in person will be awkward or do you think it's like i've talked to you so many times by now that it literally feels like I know you and seeing you in person won't be any different than seeing you through a, a computer screen. Yeah. And it's like, and it makes me think about, you know, this film, especially like when Mary just like goes finally at the end when she goes and she's like, she's not scared. She's not like no. worried. She's, you know, she's, she's relieved to finally meet her friend. And of course, you know, she meets him in a very, you know, un uh, a terrible circumstance, but like, she's there and there's just, she's like finally gets to meet that person that she finds so important. And it just like, like I said, it just makes me think about the way that we've been like forming friendships, especially right now during COVID. And it's yeah. just, um, yeah, is, and, um, and like I said, like, it just makes me think of you and it makes me think of like all these other people that I met, like through Facebook groups and through like Twitter and like Instagram and like the podcast and all that stuff that, you know, you're so far away from me, but like, I care about you just as much as I care about people. I think just physically far away from each other because yeah. I feel so close to you. Yeah. And I think that's how Mary and Max felt for each other. You know? Yeah. They weren't yeah. really so far away from each other. Yeah. I, yeah, exactly. And, You know, especially, I mean, like, of course, you know, we're, we're talking about a film that, like, is 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 based in, like, I want to say, like, in the 80s or 70s, right? You know, I, I don't remember where, where it's based yeah, on, it's, but, like, it's 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 a while. You know, it's based on, yeah. it's, on a far on a time. When of course, now. It's changing letters. <laughs> yeah. People are exchanging letters. There's no cell phones. There's no internet. Of course, nowadays, like, I, like I said, yeah. like, I literally, every night I watch a movie with a friend who lives, you know, like, a couple of hours from me because I can't see them. And, like, I'm able to talk to them. Like, I'm able to have Julia, like, on here. And if Julia ever wanted to, like, I can easily just call them, call her through um, through Discord, and we'd be able to have a phone call there and be able to watch something through there. Like, it's it's not, it's it's difficult, but, 
you know, it's not that difficult as it was before, but it's still like the idea of a bond wanting to be there yeah. no matter the physical miles that are apart from each other. And I think that's why pen pals are still a thing at the moment. And like, they haven't really like left because there's always yeah. this need and this want to like connect with people who are like so far away from you. Yeah. And in the movie, they, even though there's no internet, they find ways to still keep in contact with each other. Yeah. And the letters, they how much, and it shows how much they care about each other. They want to keep the contact. They want to know about the other's life. They they want to be close. Yeah. And it just it, it goes to show just like humans need humans. You know, as much as we yeah. want to get, you know, be in our rooms and being like, oh, no, like, I don't really need to be around anybody. I don't really need to talk to anybody. Like, I'm pretty just good. Like, at the end of the day, humans need humans. You know, like, we, we have to have connections and we have to like talk you know there's no way that we can just be alone and alone and like be able to survive like we need uh those around us to to like to help us kind of survive yeah yeah um, they show and so perfectly i just i love yeah. this movie <laughs> I love this movie too. It's 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 not the Star Wars prequels, right? Like when we first had you on the on the show. <laughs> <laughs> on the on the nerdcore other um, level. <laughs> that's a different thing, right? That's a whole different show and a whole yeah. different experience. It's but yeah, I just like I said, it's just it's so beautifully like to remember just like how this you know kind of connects to the life we live at the moment, and you know how the friendship is just so important to Mary and Max, and like. Yeah, they like she grows up. It's like, you know, we always see those things about like, oh, you know, the friends you make at six years old or 10 years old, like they never even follow. It's like this guy who was like halfway across the world. Yeah, was able to stay in this little girl's life until she became an adult and, you know, graduated and like wrote a book and everything. And it's like, you know, it just felt like like. Yeah, like this, this, this wasn't something that died. Like this was a really true organic friendship. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's also just um, some like obviously Max is such an isolated person. You know, we're not just even talking about like mental isolation, but physical isolation. Um, yeah. Max doesn't really have a very decorated uh, apartment. It's usually that case because you know he wants to keep things like organized and specific to his liking. And it, and it comes with, you know, some of the symptoms and, 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 and of, of Asperger's and, but he really doesn't talk with anybody else. Like you, you, in the beginning, you, you know, that he attends like these, these things. And like this lady, like, you know, basically like, uh, disrespects his, his, uh, his boundaries and kisses him and stuff. And he doesn't like that. And he, yeah. what's it called? He, he likes to be like alone or like be able to talk to people when he feels like he can, but he doesn't really understand people, but he finds like this person who like gets him out of his isolation through like, these letters with Mary and, you know, Mary, but also Mary is kind of isolated in her own world too, because, you know, she, she's, it's hard for her to step out of this shell of like, yeah the trauma that surrounds her from her father and her mother. And it's just in uh, her grandfather. It's just, you know, they're very both isolated kind of characters. Yeah. And you, you see in the movie that Max try to keep up with people, but he just don't, doesn't understand how people works. And it's, and late we find out that he has our Asperger, mm -hmm. but he, he says in the letters that he doesn't understand people, but that with Mary things are easier. Yeah, that he can be himself with her. Yeah, and it's just well because you know, and I and I think about it within you know the context of a child talking with an adult who you know mentally cannot process a lot of things. You know, a child a child only knows exactly what they're being taught and the way that they yeah. react to things in specific, the way they view specific people are usually taught to them. Mary up until this point has never really, you know, 
talked to anybody else. And like, she's, she's kind of, a, she's very innocent. You know, she doesn't really yeah. know much about the world. She only knows like what she sees out there. And it's why, like, of course, at times, like her conversations, like really, 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 uh, what's it called? Um, mentally drain Max and they make him like have a panic attack. But it's because, you know, you're talking with an innocent child who really doesn't know much about the world. But I feel like also that is kind of what helps Max be able to not feel as alone because he has somebody who hasn't kind of been corrupted by the way that society views disabled people, and especially those with mental disabilities. And like, yeah. who's actually like Max is actually able to be 100% him with Mary because he knows that Mary just doesn't know how to judge Max. And it also helps that Mary is developing right now. So like her early experiences with somebody who's disabled will be able to shape the way that she further, you know, um, that she further communicates with Max. And of course, you know, there's things that Mary gets wrong because, you know, you're going to get something wrong eventually, but you know, she, Mary really does help kind of pull Max out of like this very, like very isolated shell of his and been being like, just kind of like, so, um, so alone, for, uh, like kind of separated from the world. Yeah. Somehow she saves him and she, he saves her. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'm looking at here. It looks like we're, we're ready to get into break. But um, when we come back, we will continue our discussion about Mary and Max. So guys, stay tuned. We have this nice little break for you all. And we'll see you guys when we come back after the break. Hey, I'm Rolando Mendoza and this is Jabril Newton. And we are the hosts of High Flyer Radio. Radio. And finally, Pro Wrestling has come back to the NerdCore podcast feed in the form of a show hosted by Jabril and I. And we talk about everything and anything in the pro wrestling world on Mondays at 3 p.m. Central Standard Time. Nothing's off limits. Whatever you guys want to talk about, it is from AEW to SmackDown, to Raw, to NXT, nothing's off the table. We can talk about it. We're going to talk all about it. And if you can get it a day early, you should go to the www.patreon.com slash the Nerdcore and pledge to the tiers on there so you can get this show and a lot of shows days early before anybody else gets to hear it. But enough talking about it. We'll go ahead and see you there at the Squared Circle. Oh, yeah. Don't tap out. Tune in. Tune in. Hello, 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 guys and gals, and you're listening to The Ladies of Nerdcore. I am your host, Daniela Nunez, and along with my amazing co-host, Ashley Garcia, we discuss many things like social impact, pop culture, political realms, and any controversy surrounding the nerdverse. Tune in and listen to us bi-weekly on the Nerdcore podcast feed, and we will love to chat and hear your thoughts on our wonderful show. And thank you again for listening to The Ladies of Nerdcore. Hey, everyone. My name is Raul. And I am the host of The Impaired Files. The Impaired Files is an interview show brought to you every Thursday on the Nerdcore podcast feed. And I interview people such as filmmakers, content creators on YouTube, and podcasters like Colton Geschwander. And if you want to listen to that early, a whole week early, all you got to do is go to the Patreon and pledge to the $1 tier. And if you want to listen to it with the general public, then go to Nerdcore podcast feed on anchor.fm slash the nerdcore. And the case is close, but it's not classified. See you guys there. Hey, it's Ashley from the Gamercore. You may remember me from such episodes as Big Screen Mess, Mo Money Mo Platforms, and Brad Can Read. Tune in weekly as I blab with my co-hosts Raul the Nerdy Chicano and Brad the Random Germ about the latest news in gaming and gush over what we're playing at the moment. Oh yeah, and we got the deals too. Keep up with the latest deals in gaming and what's happening as I mediate Brad and Raul fighting like a married couple. Will Death Stranding ever come out? Will Cyberpunk 2077 live up to the hype? Is a next-gen worth a $500 console price tag? And has there ever been a movie adaptation of a video game that's been done right? It's all on the GamerCore podcast, everywhere where podcasts are. Hey guys, this is Brad, aka Young Yoda. Raul said I had to make an ad, so that's what I'm doing. Um, it's supposed to be for Unstructured, but as you guys know, you can freaking catch me everywhere when it comes to this podcast feed. You can find me on the Nerd Cores, on Gamer Cores, on Nerdy Chicanos sometimes when I get lost. Uh, I mean, but for this particular one, I want you guys to go check out Unstructured, the 
Raul gave me free reign to do whatever I want to do. I don't know what he was thinking. So go hear me talk about LeBron James and Taco Tuesday, vaping, uh, so many other freaking weird topics that uh, chimichangas, that's a good one. Uh, shout out to Deadpool. And yeah, I, I guess this is the end of the ad. So if you guys want to find me, you can find me all over the place on this uh, podcast feed. Anyways, thank you guys for listening. I love you all. And nerd up. Everyone, I'm Raul. And I'm Brad. And we're the hosts of the Nerd Corp Podcast. The podcast that talks that nerd. Not on this ad, right? And we come to you every Monday, Tuesday, and Saturday. On the Mondays, we talk the news. That's the box office, the news of the week, and your trailer talk, if there is any. And on Tuesday, we have our theme review. And on Saturday, you have a Saturday morning review, usually movies that have come out in the week, or anything we want to talk about. Right, Brad? Exactly. Whatever we want to talk about, this is our show. If you don't like it, then you don't have to listen. We're the flagship show of the Nerdcore Podcast feed, and we can be found everywhere you can listen to podcasts like Stitcher, Apple Podcasts. So if you want to talk that nerd stuff with us every Monday, Tuesday, and Saturday, make sure you tune in. And Brad? Young Yoda out. Welcome back to the Cinema Condition. We are glad that you're here with us after the break. We want to thank all the people who make those shows on the Nerdcore podcast feed. As always, you can check them out by going to anchor.fm slash the Nerdcore. Or you can leave a five-star review on the Apple Podcast page. And while you're there, you can also leave a five-star review on the Cinema Conditions uh, Apple Podcast page. As always, um, if you want to go ahead and see my beautiful face along with Julia's divine beautiful face as well, you can go over to patreon.com slash the nerdcore and you get the video version of this show for a dollar a month. As always, that is patreon.com slash the nerdcore at the $1 tier and above. You get that. You get early access to this show, which you will have an early access of, of, uh, of the Cinema Condition episode number 43. We'll have it for about like three days before it premieres on Wednesday at 8.30 a.m. for everybody. So, of course, all those perks and more at www.patreon.com slash denerdcore. So, let's go ahead and get back into our conversation on Adam Elliott's Marion Max 2009. So, um, we're back from the break. Let's go ahead and get this going. Um I want to go ahead and, you know, have a little bit more uh, talking about some of these uh, these things. But I specifically, you know, had to finally, uh, you know, kind of bring up the thing that kind of like got to me the most, you know. Um, anybody who knows me knows I am visually impaired. I am, you know, I'm part of the disabled community. I, you know, I'm not on, I'm, I don't have Asperger's. Um, I'm not on the spectrum. Um but I have a different disability from others. Um, and sometimes it's like really, really hard to, you know, find something that really speaks to the disabled experience because it's so different from everybody. It's so different from what everybody exists, but we all kind of have this shared experience of being seen as like an image rather than a person of being seen as an accomplishment rather than, you know, just a normal person who happens to have a difficult time at doing, you know, everyday tasks, uh, what's it called, at at the same wavelength as others. And uh, this film kind of really beautifully portrays that experience within here. Um, and And I'm specifically talking about, you know, Mary, when, you know, she graduates she has her master's she writes this book on max and his experience uh being asperger's and she specifically comes up with this idea of like wanting to kind of lead this journey to wanting to cure asperger's and max falls into like a very deep depression and he's angry and he what's it called um doesn't really know how to say like the words that he feels about basically being used as a tool by, yeah. um, by, by Mary. And basically Adam Elliott explaining to us the idea of non of able, of able-bodied people always wanting to 
see a disabled person for the possible cure and alleviate them of something that, you know, they're fighting every day to just accept themselves. And he even says it, he goes like, you know, I have to just accept who I am instead of trying to constantly look for the thing that will, you know, fix me. But instead, I just need to learn to accept myself. And that's something that, like, you know, Mary didn't understand. And she thought that she was doing something from the good of her heart, yet it came from a place of not really seeing Max for who he is and how he feels and how he how he lives his life as a disabled person uh, in this world. What did you think about like the whole, you know, uh, nature of like the way they kind of portrayed uh, his disability and really like how like that was so integral to the character of Max? Um, first of all, uh, I understand the point of Mary. She, she didn't want to hurt him she thought she was doing a good thing but i don't have asperger but i have a personality disorder and i know how it's like to people just wanting me to be normal and act Mm -hmm. normal uh, in circumstances that i act myself and i feel the way he feels when he said i i am like that i i don't want to be cured and I just want to be underst- understood. I I don't need people to find a cure for me. I need people to understand me and try to live with the way I am. And I feel the way he is and the way he felt like that. Mm-hmm. And the way it's portrayed in the movie, it's it's really soft but also so deep because you know it's like an animation and you think oh okay it's a child movie and when you realize you're actually thinking about this and a very adult movie yeah and you're actually thinking oh no not everyone wants to be cured some people just want to be respected yeah yeah not every disorder or disease is actually something bad it's just different sometimes different doesn't yeah. need to be fixed yeah and it's just it, it and it just felt like just so tender in the way that we kind of like it's so hard to come at this not as a person who's disabled and uh, you know it's just it's the same way that i discussed about uh, darius martyrs um sound of metal from last year um, it was so hard for me not to approach that film and not discuss it as a person who's disabled and not, you know, talk about specifically my experience and how that connects to me on this move in, the, in that film. And it's the same way that I kind of approach this. And it's like, you know, a lot of people, um, a lot of people, you know, when they see you as a disabled person, they view you differently and they and they look at you with a different set of eyes that are different. You know, they, they, they look at you with with pity, with, with, uh, you know, with hoping that something will be done to fix you. And, 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 you know, throughout there, throughout, you know, that sort of like treatment, you're never really asked about whether you're okay with who you are. And in turns, in turn, you know, it, it leads you to believe that like, Oh, there is something wrong with me. And there is something that I need to get fixed because I just, I'm not being seen for who I am and that has to be something wrong. Whereas it should be the other way around and being that other people see you for as a human. It's just as a human that just lives a little different than you. you know? Sometimes people don't see you as humans. They see you as the disorder you have. Yeah. It's just like, oh, that's Julia. No, that's Julia that has yeah. borderline. It's not like just me. Oh no, she's like that because she has something. Yeah. And and then also just there's other things that this kind of film kind of portrays. So like, you know, very interestingly, like um, triggers are very different for others. Um, and it was really interesting to see kind of like how 
what's it called? Uh, how uh, Max, uh, what Max's triggers are. Um, and you know, it's, it's not in the way, like the whole internet, like <laughs> triggered. No, I mean like, Trigger warning. like, like, like psychological triggers, like things yeah. that like that unlock something that makes you anxious and makes you like, you know, r r you know, creates like flashbacks. And, um, you know, whenever, you know, Mary talks about, you know, um, romantic relationships, uh, sex or anything like that. It kind of triggers, you know, anxiety attacks to Max. And um, it was so interestingly done. Like, I've never really seen it, like, actually, you know, where if I've never seen it portrayed where it feels genuine and it doesn't look like an exaggeration yeah. of what it feels. And, of course, everybody reacts to their triggers very differently. Mine are not like that. Mine are a little bit more... Um, are a little bit more silent and they're more a little bit intrusive in my head compared to like physically feeling, you know, uh, physically showing that I'm being bothered by something psychologically being done in my head. Um, and I just found it so interesting the way that he kind of portrays that with just going into that close up and seeing how, how Max is like sweating and he's like thinking a lot. And he, and then, and then of course the way that he copes with that trigger by like eating chocolate and like eating and like, you know, kind of gaining more weight. And it's like, yeah, like that's kind of what it is. And, you know, some of us don't cope with chocolate, right? Some yeah. of us cope with alcohol. Some of us cope with drugs and some of us cope with what's it called with, with, with other sorts, sort, sorts of uh, abuse and things. And, and there's, there's some of us who, you know, cope in a healthier way. Right. And, it's just, it was just so interesting to kind of have that be portrayed within this movie and kind of show you how like, hey, this is kind of what a trigger is. And this is something that doesn't really get showcased a lot in movies, especially in a medium like animation yeah. that like not a lot of things get shown off like that because it's always being boxed into like this children's category, which like it's not. Yeah, it's. You know, it's just so well portrayed for me when, before I was diagnosed with BPD, um, I didn't understand triggers. And while I was watching the movie, I felt represented. I could understand Max. I was like, oh, I feel that way sometimes. I, I understand what he's feeling, not the same triggers, but... I feel that way too, not eating chocolate, but being, I'm doing bad things to myself. So um, mm -hmm. I could understand him even being like 12 years old. And it yeah. was a really important movie for me to understand myself and not seeing me as a freak. Yeah. That comes with like the portrayal of mental illness within this film because it's not just what's it called? Uh, it's not just Max who we get to see it from. You know, once she, once Mary realizes what she did to Max and what and how it affected him, she falls into a sort of a big depression herself too, and she like you know she loses her husband. She you know she doesn't really have motivation to do anything else, and she's like kind of just staying on the couch all day and just watching TV, and she's crying a lot. Like you know, it's just it's. It never feels exaggerated, right? It always feels like it's a very personal experience that we're kind of seeing and we're being lent into this world of like, of how it feels to be, to feel so alone and feel like we're just not adequate enough. Yeah. yeah. And um, I just, at least for myself, I have never seen it done in an animated film like this before. No, never. Yeah. And um, I guess part of that has to do with the fact that like what Adam Elliott's experiences and what he brings to the table within how to kind of construct that. But it was just, you know, it was really nice to see, you know, not just the mental, the mental, what's it called? Uh, the mental illness experience for an, uh, a disabled person, but also see it kind of like contrasted a bit with the able-bodied experience. And I, I just, I found that to just be so, um just well represented yeah you know i feel like sometimes 
people don't don't want children to get in touch with some yeah. uh, hard thought, uh, thoughts and hard his stories. Yeah. But and when he, I don't know, uh, what is the, the name of the movie? Um, the one that we uh, see the characters inside the children's head. Inside Out. Inside Out. Okay. So when I watched Inside Out, I was like, oh, okay, like. People can get sad, but sometimes people represent the things to children to like, oh, this is a way to be normal. Like you can deal with it and be normal. And I never felt connected with that type of movie because I never felt normal. And every time I watch children's movies, always like, oh, you can cope with this and be normal. You can like be with someone else. And, you know, Mary and Max told that you don't have to fit in to be yourself. You can find a way to fit in without changing yourself. Yeah. And it's amazing because it's an animation. It's supposed to be to children. When I watched it on Netflix, it was on the comedy section. Uh, and this is the farthest thing from a comedy. Yeah. <laughs> there, it was there's a the lot of really section. funny stuff. There's a lot of funny stuff. Yeah, but like, not it's not a comedy. straight up comedy. And then after it was in the movies to watch with children or something like that. And I realized that it's not a children's movie, but no. if children watch it, the ones who have who felt that way, they could find yeah. a way to cope with their triggers or something. Yeah. It's like we yeah, don't because... want children to co have triggers. It, like we, we see kids as, oh my God, they have to be, have to create, uh, raise them to be perfect and to fit in and to be normal. And sometimes kids doesn't need it. Yeah, it, it just it makes it like like you said, we we kind of have this idea of like holding children away, like like kind of blocking them from the real world and like yeah. how dangerously you know fucked up the real world is and like oh. not teaching them about how to experience different people and, and go ahead yeah yeah it, it, you sometimes you don't teach children to deal with death it's so hard to find a movie that really shows death and how to deal with it um yeah. Nowadays, there's more movies that deal with that, like Big Hero 6 and um, I don't know, what's the name? There's a Tim I didn't watch this one, but yeah, this one too. And there's a Tim Burton one that he sees the ghosts in his house. I don't remember that one. Yeah, but it's a Tim Burton one. And, you know, these days they can call a deal with death, but the other feelings, we don't teach the kids to have the other feelings. Yeah. We, you know, we don't have them deal with, you know, the, the sadness, the, the, you know, the depression. And it's like, you we always want to kind of think about like, oh, that we have to make sure that the childhood is as innocent as it is. And that we make sure that these kids grow up blocked up from those things that, you know, aren't pretty. But it's also the way that we can teach these these children to kind of understand that not everyone you meet is gonna have a perfect life like like what you think. You know, you kind of been you you've been kind of raised to believe that that everybody's gonna act a certain way. And it's when you go yeah. to like like when you go to your first year of school and like you see that there's other people who are different than you, who look different, who act different. You're kind of like, oh, I'm kind of been, I've kind of been, you know, programmed to think, yeah. to see them as weird, but instead they're just like, they're just different people, and they're people who yeah. just like you, but they just act a little different. A lot of know? bullying comes from that. Yeah, so I feel like it's just, it's a, like I said, it's a way that throughout this film, Mary kind of is able to further her experience. Yeah, and be able to understand not just max but 
a lot of the different people around him because like even Max, like, you know, Mary talks about how her mother, you know, was alcoholic, right? Her father died. And then like Max goes on and tells her, I understand how that feels. My mother killed herself. And I'll, and, and, you know, you kind of learn about all these different things about Max and, and like, you know, a child isn't going to understand what that is, but a child's going to feel like a connection to the fact that, Oh, he knows how I feel. You yeah, know, and Mary shows that kids can understand feelings. Yeah. She understands. She, I mean, I had to explain to my sister last week what it's like to have BPD because I was super sad and crying in my bedroom. And she was like, oh, sister, what, what's going on? I was like, oh, no, sometimes I just get sad. And she asked me, oh, but why? And I said, I don't know. And she was like, oh, okay, want a hug? Yeah, I want a hug. You know, kids understand things. And Mary showed us that she understands, even in an innocent way, she understands Max the best way she could ever understand. Yeah. And, of course, uh, Mary, she sets out for New York. And, you know, she goes to visit uh, Max with her child and, she arrives to Max's apartment and he is sitting looking at the um, ceiling and he is at least smiling, but uh, Max passed away um, hours before Mary could go ahead and get there. But, you know, I I feel like what the film has said is like, you know, the film has taught us is that Mary has had so much experience with this person and learned so much of this person. She'll be able to cope with the death of someone so close to her like that because she's been able to learn from the experience of Max being able to cope with everything else in his life. And he's smiling because he's looking through her letters, right? That Yeah. And the ceiling is so beautiful. Yeah. That goes ahead and that goes, well, that concludes our conversation on Mary and Max from director Adam Elliott. Uh, Julia, Anything else you want to say about the movie before we, you know, kind of go into like the goodbye section of the show? I know I just said that that concludes. <laughs> I just want to say that this movie uh, brought brings me brought me to tears, like for sadness in the middle of the movie, and from happiness in the end. Like I cry every time I watch this movie. From, from all feelings, I feel like I am allowed to feel all the feelings I have to feel in this movie. And they are all so intense. It's like um, an amazing movie. And it's so underrated. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you would think that this movie got the Oscar, right? That this one best animated feature that year, but that's not the, that's not the case. Yeah. Did not win it. And uh, yeah. Well, Julia, as always, it is a beautiful pleasure pleasure to have you here. And it's always fun to discuss with you these movies. But you can't leave just yet, right? Because, of course, you have to come back on season uh, season three. Yes. You know, there's no way you don't come back for season three. <laughs> yeah. But um, I want to go ahead and ask you, what movie will you be claiming for season three that nobody else can take away from you? Who are you going to make mad? I don't know, but I'm claiming Joker. Joker. Wow. Joker 2019. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, wow. Let's um, get psychological since after Mary Max. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, um, I never thought that you would be the one to choose Joker, but I, oh, I love that movie in so many ways. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Joaquin is incredible in that film. But um, yeah, I we'll write it down here. You are going to do, you're going to be coming back for season three of the cinema condition. And we will be discussing Todd Phillips's Joker. And of course you're not done this season. You have another film that you're going to be coming back to discuss with us. And you're not going to say which one it is, but I'm going to say that I am very excited to talk about this film. Me too. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. Mine too. <laughs> might just even be my favorite Brazilian movie of all time. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm a very big fan of Elite Squad. That first Elite Squad is really yeah. good. Freaking we're not great. talking about Elite Squad. <laughs> talking about a different movie, but uh, yes, Julia, thank you so much for coming on. You want to let the people know where they can find you? 
You can find me on Instagram as Julia Cov Fefi. Um, <laughs> That's yeah. never going to get <laughs> And on Twitter, you can find me as Humiliada. You can just search on row followers and I'll be there. <laughs> very foxier than me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, the Brazilian queen. You just you just yeah. know when you see it that that is a Brazilian queen, Julia. Um, you know when the royalty comes up. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Oh, God. Thank you so much for coming on. It really does Thank mean a so lot. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. As always, you all can find me at The Nerd Chicano on both Instagram and Twitter, twitch.tv slash The Nerd Chicano on YouTube as Raul Alejandro Mendoza because I'm not at 100 subscribers yet to have my custom URL. You guys got to get me there, though. You guys will get me there. Um, as always, you know, I do want you all to go check out Before I Leave film on Instagram and keep an eye out for my upcoming short film Before I Leave. We worked really, really hard on that film. Uh, and we're finishing. We're, we're just editing at the moment. That's all we're doing. Uh, I know that Julia is, like, really, really excited to see my movie. Like, she she has really been like really excited for this and she was always telling yeah. me how she's like so proud of me and like she and I loves am. my work and um i'm just really excited to finally get this out to you all i know everyone's going to love it i really hope so um i also stream on you know nerdcore's channel you can go to that on nerdcore underscore on um on twitter nerdcore on instagram twitch.tv slash nerdcore all that wonderful stuff you know you can go and check us out there and do all that wonderful stuff but as always y'all i know i don't have an outro and i know i don't have any quirky like insane that i can give you all at the end of the show but i will let you know that Cinema is beautiful. You guys should go watch a movie. And I hope that you all have a wonderful day. And a reminder that I love you all. Have a wonderful day. Bye, guys.